0: You can take your seats. I don't know about you, but I just experienced some really good worship, and I'm grateful for this team. So if you don't mind, are you grateful? Let them know that. <clears throat> grateful for you, Laura, and the way you lead us each and every week. So my name is Jerica, and I'm really excited today to share with you what I feel like God has been telling me, sharing me, revealing himself to me. I am excited to share that with you all. And really that's just what we do as pastors, right? We just share to you what God is doing in our lives, hopefully encourage you and you all, I want to encourage you all to share your stories too and and to share what God is saying to you. I wish I had time to sit with each of you and hear what God's saying. Um, Last week... We kicked off, I think it was Alan, right? I was hanging out with Connor at his new place. But last week we kicked off our new series titled Be Real. Does anybody remember what the Be Real app is all about? Would you like to share with me? Because I have no clue. I I actually have somewhat of a clue because I, I downloaded it. I had it for about a week because that's what all the cool kids were doing, all of our student leaders and Laura. And we all know I have a case, a severe case of what? So I had to try it out, and uh, it, was, it was not for me. Um, this app, you have like two minutes, right, y'all, to take a picture of your real self, even though we always like try to pose it differently. It's not even our real selves. Uh, post our real selves with no filters. Ew. I was always late posting. You could post late, and I think I did it twice. And I was late because nobody wants to see my real life, so I think. Nobody wants to see me when I'm sitting at my desk, barely working. Nobody wants to see when I'm taking care of my kids or laying on the couch watching who knows what. Like, nobody wants to see that. And posting without a filter? Are you kidding me? So I get the attraction to this app. It's just not This is not for me. I get why we like it, though. We're all looking for people to be their real selves with us, to share their true selves with us, not their Instagrammed self. So I get it. But trying that out, it actually was harder than I'd like to admit. And it was more vulnerable. And I think I didn't like it. I didn't like having to be real and authentic. And that was kind of hard for me to come to terms with. Because I don't like to call myself fake. I actually quite value authenticity. And most days, you probably would agree with this, most days I invite people to live this life of authenticity with me. To be their real selves. Because in this life, I feel close to Jesus and I feel confident in him. And I want all of us to experience that. But in this moment, if I'm being honest or truly authentic with you, that's not always the case. I actually filter myself. I filter myself with contentment. I'm happy, I'm satisfied, it's all good. You guys probably see this in me. I actually don't want you to see what I'm really experiencing or feeling. What I have realized recently is that I, Jerrica, feel disappointment? Do you? Do you feel disappointment? Do Do you experience disappointment? So are you, who or what are you disappointed in? Are you disappointed in your spouse? Are you disappointed in your parents? Are you disappointed in your boss? Your friend? The Bengals because they lost to the Browns? John made me say that because nobody knows. I I would not have known if the Bengals won or lost. (laughs) Uh, But we all experience this emotion. And right now, I am feeling let down. Things are not going as I have planned them to go, which was perfectly. (laughs) There are days when my filter of contentment just doesn't cut it. So then I'm left feeling disappointed, less than enthusiastic about life, sad, bummed out, depressed. And my masking of it's all good, Jesus is always there, I have joy, like that doesn't cut it all the time. And I'm using those words or those statements to just mask or filter my disappointment. And I think because I haven't come to terms with if as a Jesus follower, if I'm allowed to experience disappointment, maybe you're like, we, we can't feel disappointment. We are called to be these ones who have all of the joy. But this is an emotion that I'm experiencing, like this is real time. And of course, when I have decided to, to share with you all my real selves, my real self and to talk about disappointment, of course, I had to walk through some of that, right? It had to give me the experience to share with you all. So this is it's coming around more often than I like to admit. I'm feeling it in my relationships. I'm feeling it in my career, which happens to be this church. I'm feeling it within my home. So I've really been seeking God and asking him to give me wisdom, to give me a perspective that's in step with his, and to give me hope, hope that won't disappoint. Can God handle my disappointment? Am I letting him down when I'm disappointed? These are some of the questions I've been asking myself, and I wonder if you've ever questioned that too. In my efforts to seek him, I've gone to his word. And this actually reminds me of a song that Navy, my four-year-old daughter, has been learning in preschool. Would you like me to just share with you the lyrics or would you like me to sing them to you? Okay, so Navy's been singing this song. Let's see if I can remember it. I wish she would do this with me, but she wouldn't. Um, When I look up, 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 I know he's real. When I look down, 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 I believe what I've found. When I look in God's word and I search for him, he rewards me. Right? So I would like all of you to now sing that with me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But that's true, when I look to God's word, he rewards me and it goes on to say, because he loves me and I want her to know that truth. When I look for him, he's there. When I search him out, he will be there. So that four-year-old wisdom brought me to this. I'd love to share with you where my heart has landed, where actually me and the team that I serve with, we've kind of spent some time in this passage. But before we do that, I just wanna pray for me, And for you all. So would you pray with me? God, thank you for this day. We realize that this day is a gift. Maybe some of us here, some of us listening, didn't know if today was going to be an option. So thank you, God, for this day. As I see my friends and my family and my church family, I'm grateful. And God, I do ask that your spirit, through my words, makes a difference. That your spirit through your words, through me, can change lives and can soften hearts and can spark curiosity and conversation so that people can draw closer to you. God, I actually believe you're okay with our disappointment, but I actually believe you want us to do something about that or you want us to come to you to try to figure out the rest of it. So that's our attempt in the next few minutes to come to you. We love you, Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles uh, or if you have an app on your Bible, you can go to Romans with me. I would love for you to do this. I always feel like I'm more a part of the teaching moment when I bring out my Bible and I can read along, follow along. um, So do that. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. I love to read out loud, by the way. All right, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, For we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners." I love the Bible, and I believe that this Bible, God's words, have power to penetrate our hearts, to redirect us, to provide for us encouragement. So that may have felt like a lot. It didn't for me. I could read all day. But I wanted it, all of that, to just be spoken over you and over me. But I would like us to kind of point our fingers on verses 3 through 5. So go back to it, 3 through 5. We can, we can, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to, this hope will not lead to, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Okay, so a minute ago I asked you, have you been disappointed? I hope you thought about that. But now even, even uh, more direct, what problems and what trials are you enduring right now? <laughs> if you know what the definition of endure is, you might be like, well, I'm not enduring anything because it's uh, suffering patiently. Do you suffer patiently? Anyone who knows me in, in this season, have I been suffering patiently? Don't answer that out loud. Have you experienced your character strengthened? And I had to think about this. What does that mean to have my character strengthened? This character can be described as our personalities, our nature, our dispositions. I think I have had my disposition and my personality strengthened. Um, but those of us who follow Jesus, it looks a bit different and we'll get to that later too. Do you or can you answer this question? I have hope that won't disappoint because that's some serious hope to say it will not disappoint. I have a few thoughts as I've been thinking about this, a few thoughts on disappointment that I wanted to share with you guys and with me because y'all we are actually in this together. Disappointment is inevitable, right? This is not a if this happens, but it's a when this happens. One of my life verses, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus is telling us, take heart. I've overcome the world. Either you have been disappointed in the past, you're disappointed right in this moment, or you will be disappointed. So I've identified two areas in my life where disappointment creeps in, and I've recently been saying, Jesus, take over these. It's time that I have surrendered and allowed his spirit to work. I've been holding on for too long. Those of you close to me, you know, you have experienced this. I have been holding on to it for too long, and this is my moment. Y'all can hold me accountable. I am letting go. And I actually believe boldly that you all will be able to relate to one, if not both, of these areas. So I'm asking God's spirit to work in you too, to allow you to let go, to allow you to surrender so that you are not unnecessarily disappointed. I have experienced disappointment with people and with my plans. Have any of you been disappointed by a person? You laugh, so does that mean yes? Okay. I wonder if we place unspoken unrealistic, or even unnecessary expectations on people, on human beings who we know to be imperfect. And then they let us down. And then we're surprised by that. That rocks our world. So who has let you down? I'm thinking of some people. But also I am convicted And reminded that there are going to be moments where I'm the letdown. I'm the one who will disappoint someone. So what do we do with this? How do we handle it? How do we respond? This week I haven't really been able to find the answer for that. So I'm sorry. Uh, But I have maybe thought of some things, realized some things in people close to me uh, that I think might help us overcome this disappointment in people. Not totally remove it. I don't know if we'll experience that this side of heaven, but maybe relieve some of that disappointment or help us change our perspective. I have a friend, a really sweet friend, who has been unbelievably let down by someone in her life. And actually right now, she's navigating a really challenging season. And I wanted to share her story because the way she has navigated her past disappointments and even honestly her right now disappointments, she's brought me great encouragement. And I look to her as a Jesus example, um, someone that I can follow and step with. And I want you all to hear her story. But I also have to share with you that this story is not necessarily an easy one to hear You will hear words like rape and um, sexual abuse and drug addiction. So we wanted to make sure that you knew that those were some words that were going to be used. Um, Some disappointments in her life. Some extreme disappointments in her life. And maybe for some of you in this space today, that is a part of your story. So we just wanted you to be aware of that. Um, I will be praying in these next moments that my friend Kim's story will speak to you.
1: So this is our music room, and um, obviously it has dance piano in it, but it's also uh, where we have a lot of our older memory kinds of things. And um, so over here, uh, this is actually a dress that was mine, that my father actually bought for me uh, when I was just a baby. It was in a box for a really long time actually until we moved here, because it was hard for me to to look at it and have it out. And I knew it was there, but I just, I didn't want to do anything with it. And finally, I felt like I was ready to do that. My father um, suffered from depression, and um, he was also an alcoholic. My mom was working, and that left us in the care of my father. I don't really remember how it all started, the abuse, um, but I remember pieces of it. And I was very young, um, three, four years old when it started. And um, and it, it was sexual abuse, but it was also emotional abuse. So these are two pictures of me when I was a little girl. Uh, the first one was taken when I was about 18 months old. Um, happy, and, um, you know, just being a child. And then this picture is from when I was um, about three after the abuse had started. When I was 10, my mom was pregnant, and she had a miscarriage. They had to take her by ambulance to the emergency room and put her in the hospital. And with my mom gone, I just remember my dad saying, well, let's, let's sleep on the couch because there was a couch that you, it was like uh, pull out um, so it would lay down flat. And um, I, I didn't understand why you wanted to do that, but you know, you're a kid and you do what your parents tell you to do. And I just, I remember the last thing I remember was right before he raped me. And after that, I don't have, I have like a big chunk of time where I don't remember anything. I remember my mom coming home from the hospital. I do remember that. And I remember standing on the porch and I was just, felt so withdrawn and I felt that way for a long time um, just in general, like, like I was inside myself and the world was kind of out here. <clears throat> I, I began uh, using drugs and alcohol and um, also made my own decision to become sexually active. That continued from the age of 12 until I was about 19. I put myself in so many dangerous situations and these are the things that make me aware of the fact that God was protecting me even when I didn't know it. Because there were things that I did and places that I went that It's a miracle that I came out of okay, unscathed. And these two pictures are my grandmother, um, the woman who made such a difference in my life and loved me unconditionally, uh, and I loved her so much. So I met I met my first husband in um, in the group of friends, the new friends that I had, and um, we got married and had. Three children together. Uh, the relationship was uh, never very good. Before the divorce, I um, started going to church, and I did that because I was hoping that maybe it would help my marriage. And but it didn't. But in that in that time at the church, I met a whole new group of friends, and uh, Dan, my second husband was in that group of friends. He was a different kind of man than I had ever known, really. I had two other men in my life that had been godly men and good men, and that was my grandfather and my uncle. And um, so I just watched him because he was so different. You know, he was kind and, and, and respectful and and gentle and caring. And eventually, Dan and I um, became closer and we got married. And it was about six weeks into our marriage that things really started to fall apart. I just I couldn't function. Um, literally, there were days that I would get the kids off to school and I would go back to bed. And I wouldn't get out of bed until they came home. I think it was probably a year at least that I was going to therapy twice a week. Um, and then it started to ease up a little bit after that and I had worked through the hard part of remembering a lot of different things that um, I hadn't I had kind of pushed away. I knew for a long time, when I was going through my therapy and and dealing with the things that I was dealing with, and especially when God started to become a, a bigger part of my life, that my story could help somebody else, and that I, I, I felt like that was maybe part of the purpose of the things that happened to me, was to be able to share it and and, and do something with it. Like, it wasn't just for nothing that it happened, that maybe it could help somebody else. But then last summer, Andrea from Weightless Anchor was um, on stage and talking about the or- their organization. I was, I, I just was really pulled to it. I heard God saying to me, you need to be involved with this. And I kept thinking, um, no. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I can do that. It was, yes, you're supposed to do this. And I, I heard that firmly. So I did that and um, oh, I was terrified the first time because I, you know, I didn't know what I was gonna say to these women. I didn't know if, if, how things would go. I didn't know if I was the right person, if it, if it could even make a difference. When I finally started to feel like, okay, I can venture out and, you know, be up in the clothing room and help the women or I can, you know, serve the food and talk to them and um, it just started to really click and and even though I was afraid that, that God was gonna be there and would take care of me just like he always had, it could be helpful to somebody else not just my story, but being able to show God's love for people no matter what.
0: Yeah, so I'm really inspired by Kim when she shared that, how she's living her life right now and hopefully you're inspired by her as well. And would you uh, just consider lifting up a prayer for her at the season she's walking through and because she shared her story, she has a target on her back. So um, please lift her up in your prayers today. Uh, Maybe she said something that I think might be helpful for us in our disappointment. She said, being able to show God's love to people no matter what. And I just think that might be something we can do. We can find ways to show God's love. And I've experienced this too. She got me thinking. When I have experienced um, moments, seasons of disappointment, what kind of gets me out of that or what starts to get me out of that is when I think about others and when I serve them, it kind of takes the power out of the disappointment. I have some chances for us, all of us, to step into this, to... um, practically come alongside of people to encourage them, to support them. And maybe if you're feeling disappointed right now, this will give you a little joy. We'll talk about some of those opportunities in a little bit. So hold on to that. Remember I said there are two areas in my life where I've experienced disappointment or where I continue to experience disappointment. The first one was people and we all know them. And then the second one is our plans. We all make them, right? I've experienced massive disappointment with my plans. Things don't go as I planned. Things are not going as I have planned. Things don't go as you have planned, right? And I ask myself, why am I so surprised by this? But I'm a human, and I want control over my life. So when things don't go my way, disappointment comes in. I've been telling myself, Jer, allow Christ to be the Lord of your life. Follow him where he leads you. You might be going this direction, and he might actually want you to go this direction. And that's okay. And through therapy, I'm learning to be more flexible. And I didn't really think of myself as, like, I don't know what the word is. But apparently I need to experience more flexibility and allow God to lead me. And I also thought, maybe my plans or my paths aren't so straight because I'm not acknowledging him in all of my planning. And I'm leaning on my own understanding and trusting in what I can accomplish. I believe that today we can choose this perspective. But it's going to require us to surrender our lives. And that is not easy. I'm in a season of surrendering my life. Surrendering my plans, surrendering my desires, and it hasn't been as pretty or as inspiring as I wanted it to be. I have not been filled with joy. I have not been content no matter what. And instead, I have been experiencing disappointment. Uh, I'll share with you all what recently has been going on in my life. And it was about the end of August, I just got finished with a wonderful vacation, and I received a call that this little boy that I love and adore needed a home. He was placed back into foster care. And my friends, who typically would say yes, were unable to say yes, and that was heartbreaking. And I said, what can I do in this situation, Lord? And he said, you're going to take him. So... September 2nd, I entered into the foster care world through kinship care. Maybe some of you know what that is. Or you understand the challenges that come with foster care or kinship care. This community needs so much support. I thought I believed that and I thought I supported that until I stepped into that. And now my eyes have been even more so opened. After saying yes, just a few short days later, this two-year-old, sweetie, moved in with Navy and I. And this, in and of itself, wasn't really the challenge. It was quite fun to have another little one and to have somebody to occupy strong-willed Navy. (laughs) You all laugh at that, always. Whenever I talk about Navy, you you laugh. I love it because you know. So this, in and of itself, wasn't the challenge, just him moving into our lives. What I experienced to be so challenging was the overwhelming disappointment that I, that this sweet boy's family, that our friends and our family, we experienced almost daily. It's like we would take a step forward and then be knocked back three. And we'd get up again and we'd be like, this is a great day. And then we'd be knocked back again. It was constant disappointment. I had heart heart aching disappointment the way the bio parents have been treated because of one mistake they've made in the past. How many mistakes have I made in the past? They don't affect my future like it affects their future. So I was experiencing crazy disappointment in that. Another foster friend of mine who I love and adore, I know you're listening, she said disappointment is an understatement. And those of you who serve in this way, you understand that disappointment is an understatement. In this time, I've come to realize the need for parent advocates, not just people to love their children, but people to fight for their parents. They need loving adults to walk alongside of them. My plan was to provide a short-term home for a young boy that I loved. But the plans keep changing, the support keeps changing, the court dates keep changing, and I am feeling overwhelmed and questioning every life decision I've ever made. I'm coming home from a meeting that was disappointing, and I call someone that's close to me, and I said, why did I say yes to this? What am I doing? Ugh. I was overwhelmed. I, I'm a single mom. Why in the world would I say yes to another child? I can barely take care of this one. I was talking, in expressing my disappointment, and I thought he was going to go home, and now he's not, and I thought we were going to have clarity, and I don't have it, and then it just clicked. I think because I looked in the mirror and I saw that boy's sweet face. I went from I cannot believe I said yes to this to I cannot believe I get to do this. My change in plans actually shifted my thinking to this Crazy amount of gratitude to God that I get to show this young couple, Jesus, because they don't know who he is, but they do see me and my family a lot, so they're getting glimpses of him. I get to stand in the gap for this young boy. I get to provide for him a safe and loving home in the meantime. And these are moments that I have prayed for. If you know anything about me, I often pray, God, please let me rely on you. You are all that I need. Well, and he keeps providing opportunities for me to rely on him and for me to put my money where my mouth is. So this problem of having my sweet boy longer than I thought and all of the hardships that come with foster care, this problem, this trial was producing something within me. It was producing that overwhelming gratitude. So... I just have to share with you, a way that I overcome disappointment is with gratitude. And as I look back on my short 30 years of life, that has been true every single time. And those trials and those disappointments, they're actually producing my, a stronger faith in Christ. And I think most of us in this room, we want that. We want a stronger faith in Christ. We want it to be enough. When we stand upon it, it's enough. So remember I said I'm experiencing this right now. And that recently it's been coming back. It's I'm good one day, the next day I'm disappointed. I have two good days, then I have four disappointing days. This has been coming with people in my life and with plans. So something that God is saying to me through his spirit is pause. Just pause. In this season, which happens to be one filled with grief, maybe some of you have picked up on this. We are coming up to two years of my husband's passing. So this season, this calendar month for me is already filled with much grief. But I've learned through friends that unspoken, unrecognized grief will, I'm gonna say that again, Unspoken and unrecognized grief will rear its head as unclear and unnecessary disappointment. So if we don't name our grief, if we don't call it out, if we don't recognize it, it's going to come out as unclear disappointment and unnecessary disappointment. So I know you're out there. Some of your faces are in my mind. You're experiencing grief. You know what it feels like. You have good days, you have bad days. I want you to just name it, claim it, put your finger on it, because I don't want it to cause you unnecessary or unclear disappointment. And I definitely don't want it to make you feel like you're alone. Because I know some of you, and because I know a lot of your stories, you are not alone. You have a friend in me. You have a friend in Jesus. But you have friends in lots of people in this room. So I just wanted to say that. I am very aware that I have been experiencing some unclear and unnecessary disappointment. So we're in this together. I'm also grieving and disappointed, and just our church. It's been a hard season, huh? But I believe in John and Kelly, I believe in the vision for this church. I believe in y'all's love, crazy, radical love for our community, and I trust God. So I'm naming my grief. I'm calling it out because I no longer want unclear and unnecessary disappointment. I don't think you do either. So some of you who are feeling that, let's stop. (laughs) But I'm pausing. Yes, I hear that. I'm pausing and it takes me back to verses three through five. I can rejoice in my problems and trials because I know that these problems and trials are developing something within me. I hope that you're willing to reframe this. I hope that you are willing to say, my problems and my trials are producing something within me. They're growing pains. We get to grow. And I know you don't wanna hear that. Five days ago, I didn't wanna hear it. (laughs) But what's being developed is my character. And it's not just making Jericho a better Jericho. It's making her more like Jesus. I'm becoming more like him and less like me, which again is what we want. And being made more like him leads me to his hope. And this isn't just a wish upon a star kind of hope. This is an eternal hope that a lot of us just sang about. This hope reminds us that our pain and our suffering is not the end of our story. So you can put your hope in the perfect relationship or the perfect family, but you're going to be let down. You can put your hope in the best school or the greatest career, but you're going to be let down. You can put your hope in what you can accomplish, and you're going to let yourself down. Hebrews 2, 12, 2 says the joy awaiting him. Because of the joy awaiting him, Jesus endured the cross. Jesus endured the cross because of the joy awaiting him. The joy. So those of you who are my friends and who follow Jesus in this room, our faith is what will allow us to have this hope-filled vision. We will see things through the lens of hope we can look past, we can look past and be above the daily pain and the suffering, knowing that it's not the end. We can be real and authentic in our disappointment. We don't have to mask it. We don't have to pretend it's not there. Because he showed us how much he loves us by pouring out his spirit. And a part of his spirit, a fruit of his spirit, is joy. Joy. My friends in here that aren't or who are not so sure about Jesus just yet, can I invite you into this? You're here today, so I think you might be open to it. I'd be happy to talk more about it. There are so many people disappointed in this world. There are so many of us disappointed in this room. And this is why people like Kim share their story This is why I will continue to share my story because this hope is too good to keep to ourselves. Because this hope will not disappoint. I'm gonna pray for us. God, we're really thankful for your word. Your hope will not disappoint. Your hope will not disappoint. God, as I teach my babies that, as I teach my friends that, as I teach myself that, would you remind us, your hope will not disappoint. And God, we actually can see all of the battles that you've already won. And I can point back in my life and see all the battles that you've already won. So I'm just gonna praise you in that. I'm gonna worship you in that. I'm gonna praise you for all of the hope you provide for me that does not disappoint. Amen.